Have you checked in your neighbor's shirt? Oh, that would have been cute if she was panting. <laughs> I'm tired. Amy had her first full week of work this week and she killed it. I killed it. She's a lawyer, guys, basically. Oh, I have to tell you. (laughs) No, I'm not. But I do have to tell you something really funny. So uh, we're going to do this potluck for Christmas. And uh, is this a thing that you wanted to tell me earlier? Oh, no, I didn't. Okay. Not okay. that. Well, what did I want to tell you? I don't remember. I You told oh, me to remember shoot. something and I forgot and I didn't write it down. I'm so sorry. This isn't what I wanted to tell you, but this okay. is what I want to tell you. So we're going to do a potluck. And so today I signed up. The gal that's like hosting it, she's her, she's self-proclaimed party planner. And I signed up to make my apple pie. Because. Nice. It's delicious. Well, and I want to wow people. It's like the most unique apple pie that I've ever had. Yeah. And I mean that in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. don't know how else to say it because I've never had an apple pie like that before. So uh, there's some uh, dietary restrictions in the office. Like uh, one of the lawyers cannot have peanuts or any type of nut. He will literally die. Oh, okay. He, wow, that's important. Like super, super bad. So yeah, I made my. I told the gal, I was like, yeah, I'll make my apple pie, and I was like, but I don't think one. Like I know that there's some dietary restrictions. Uh, it has pecans in it, and she's like, oh, so it's a murder pie, and I was like, <laughs> yes. And so then I was telling her like it has cheesecake in it and stuff like that, and she was like, oh, well, our DA Joe. Joe uh, literally will die if he has any type of uh, milk product. Dairy. Oh, man. Be, no, uh, but he's not allergic to it, but he just he hates it, like despises it. Oh, okay. And so I was like, I turned to her and I was like, oh, cool. So a double homicide pie. <laughs> <laughs> Do they know you have the podcast? No, oh. but it was fitting because it's the DA's office. <laughs> I love it. It's great. <laughs> so that's what I, I wrote on the thing. I was like, double homicide, apple pie. Yes. <laughs> double homicide, apple pie. <laughs> yes. Accidental deaths. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so anyways, that's not what I wanted to tell you. I don't remember what I wanted to tell I'm you. I'm so sorry. I failed you. I was doing something in the kitchen. I was near a notepad as well. I'm really not doing myself any favors right now, but I was near a notepad. You I was. Me. I remember when you were telling me, I was looking at the stove, and I turned to the fridge, and I looked at the notepad, and I was like, I'll remember that. And then that. I turned back around, and I was like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> Amy doesn't matter. <laughs> no, you do. You matter so much. <gasps> Guess what? Okay, what? Steve-O is coming to Fairbanks. Shut the front door and me and josh are gonna go see him i want to go his tickets are on sale when we got like i I, i'm assuming uh i'm assuming uh row a is front row so we got front row seats like four three and four a when'd you get them today like a couple hours ago oh my gosh you should have told me i shared it on facebook okay it's on my facebook where you can get them oh i can't yeah i don't know this is our uh, podcast, What's With the Neighbors. <laughs> True uh, Crime, Paranormal. Uh, that is Amy. That's Bray. You need to go first this week. So I'm oh, going to tell you a neighborhood story. story. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yep. So this one's from Best of Next Door. Uh, holiday greetings etiquette. Uh, I just want everyone to know that it's okay to wish us happy Honda, happy Honda days, even though we are a Toyotathon family. You don't have to use the generic happy winter car sales greeting. What's the deal with this? I don't understand this. Every year, this. The, the cars companies always do some sort of like uh, Toyotathon or happy Honda days. <laughs> to like they're on sale <laughs> happy honda days and then also i like the memes like oh yeah i can't wait to see the commercials of significant others going out and dropping fifty thousand dollars on a vehicle without the other one knowing <laughs> like who does that <laughs> except for my parents neighbors did and that. shows up with a giant bow yeah my parents <laughs> neighbors did that though so um you have to i feel like you have to have a lot of money in order to do that discreetly well, like the husband went out he didn't like surprise her he was like he came home and he's like i got you a car and she's like yay that's not the one i wanted <laughs> i mean josh josh could totally do that for me but but he knows but what you want yeah, yeah yeah we would go car shopping before and i would have an idea I no guess. she he just went and got it for her and she's <laughs> oh like, yeah i got you a car by the way <laughs> yeah and she's like i don't want that she hates her car, and I was like, oh, my gosh, can I have it? Because it was like a Range Rover or something. Oh, a super big gas guzzler. I used to want one of those. Anyways. All right. Super let's great. share your story. So last week, I started reading a story out of the book Dark Tidings, an anthology of holiday horror by Jess Charlie. Um, you can find her books and stories and more on her website, JessCharlie.com, which can be found in our, the description for this episode. Um, you can also follow her on Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, that's at Melting Alphabet. Um, also, to refresh you guys, there may be some uh, explicit content. Still? I can't remember. I don't. I don't think this this part isn't as bad. Oh, okay. But there's a teeny bit. Okay, so fine. there's just just a little bit of vulgar content into it. Very well. Very so well. I'm just gonna throw it out there anyway. But we're we're in explicit content or. Contest. Podcast. Yeah, podcast. So, you know, get over it. Get over it. To refresh on our story, last week I left off with dear old Calvin at his girlfriend Juniper's family's cabin for Christmas. Yes. Uh, he was introduced to her, her two sisters and her dad. Her mom wasn't there. She was out for the night, and Calvin kept mentioning something about a ritual slash sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but little did we know, Juniper's family was just as nuts, and Calvin woke up to Juniper's sisters and mom, who had, like, white hair and white eyes and looked super creepy. But doing like, some, also, like, really pretty skin But really, stuff. yeah, yeah. yeah. She, yes, he described her, all of them as very hot. Yeah. Um, and they were doing some freaky stuff to him. It's like freaking freaking the sheets. Sure. Sure, so, yeah. sure, sure. That's where we left off. Yes. And then they said uh he'll do for the sacrifice. Yes. All right. That was the last thing he heard. And he had a pinch on his neck. Oh, that's right. Pinch on his neck. And he fell asleep. Yep. All right. I opened my eyes slowly. My head throbbed and my body was shaking uncontrollably. The air shockingly cold. I tried to take in the scene around me through blurry vision. I was sitting on the cold, hard ground. Short walls of snow surrounded me in a circle, but the circle itself was bare except for dozens of thick white candles. My ass cheeks were numb against the frozen leaves that had only recently been covered. I was naked and I realized the Mills family was kneeling around me. Oh. 
Juniper and her sisters swayed in the chill night air, the slowly falling snow soaking into the delicate fabric of their nightgowns. They chanted together, their voices joining in a chorus of a German-sounding dialect I did not recognize. Do you think they were saying it loudly or just like... Oh my god, if they were like saying it, like mumbling it, that would be even more creepier. I don't know, I feel like that one would bother me more than like... Saying it really loud. I don't know why I chose that word, but that's the word I chose. So we're going to go with that. Bratwurst. They were saying. That's the only German word I know. Oh, that's a bad word. Never mind. I won't say that one. Okay. Directly in front of me stood Mateus, his hands clasped in front of him as if in a prayer. A black, crooked dagger jutted out from his grasp towards his face. Jesus, fuck, what time is it? I thought I tried to, I thought, I tried to stand, but my hands were tied behind my back. Uh-oh. A creature so stepped. that stopped him from standing? Right? <laughs> a creature stepped. Well, I mean, like, if you're, like, if you're not used to it, then you gotta, like, get in the right position to, like, stand yeah, up. Yeah, it's a lot of core strength. You gotta, I mean, you, balance. Yeah. Core strength. Um, Yeah. A creature stepped out from the chilly darkness and into the circle. It loomed above me, casting a shadow over my freezing body. It was a reindeer. Holly straddling its back. That's the bomb. Okay. Uh, she wore a long, flowing white gown. A crown of icicles was perched on her forehead, and she looked down, her white eyes glowing in the candlelight. You need something? Are you good? No, keep going. I, I remembered, so I'm going to write it down so I don't forget. Oh. <laughs> uh, is it? There's a marker right there. Yeah, I um contrasting starkly to holly's disturbing beauty the reindeer was twisted and distorted it looked more like someone's idea of a sick joke than a living animal instead of standing on hooves the deer's legs bones protruded from the ends of red oozing stumps oh my gosh bloody velvet hung loosely from the white bones in flesh strips fleshy strips its face was dirty and blackened with what looked like charcoal. A long black tongue lolled out of its mouth between two rows of human teeth. Ew. I squirmed in the rope that bound me, trying to pull the knots loose. Juniper and I had played with bondage in the bedroom, and I knew her style. It wouldn't take me long to undo anything she had done, and my adrenaline silenced any doubt that it could have been any of the other four family members. Okay. The creature stepped forward towards me as it spoke. It exposed ankle bone press its exposed ankle bone pressing into the frozen earth with a dull crunch. Ew. I am the soul of Saint Nicholas, it roared, its voice cracking through the air like thunder. Oh my. I paused my squirming. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> you heard him, mortal, Holly shrieked. She, her voice had lost the fragile air from before. It was now dry and harsh, like paper crinkling into a ball, or wood crackling as fire bites into it. It didn't sound real, more like a demon's voice than a human, like a succubus or siren. High-pitching and flittering, the crackle of an evil witch. My fight against the rope renewed with desperate determination. Fuck this shit and fuck this family. <laughs> the reindeer snickered. He already did. Yeah. <laughs> I 
it's good. I'm so, I can't help myself. I'm sorry. I love so, it. I'm so sorry, Mother. That was <laughs> disgusting of me. I am also sorry. <laughs> the reindeer snickered quietly before beginning to speak again. I am weak and out and old, but fresh blood will wash me anew. His eyes glowed like burning coals. Oh. Oh, St. Nicholas. We are. Oh, oh St. Nicholas. We worship thee. The voices of the Mills family rose above the circle. Their eyes closed with intense concentration. Sorry. Matthias continued. We call upon the witching hour to bring our Didi new life. Didi? 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 Didi new D-I-T-Y? Life. Yeah. D-I-E-T-Y. Didi. I don't know. I don't know. Didi. We call upon the witching hour to bring our Didi new life. Let St. Nicholas live again, the daughters chanted. The rope fell loosely from my wrist, and I silently thanked my now ex-girlfriend's crappy survival skills. Uh, did she agree to this breakup? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> this was not a mutual thing. I jumped up, naked and filled with fury. That easily squashed all self-doubt. I had, I had going into this cursed holiday. My father's death was far from my mind replaced with hatred. Mateus's eyes opened. His daughter's chanting faded as they looked from him to me and to God, to the God before us. I looked at my watch, 1158. I sighed with relief. Witching hour has, wasn't for another three hours. I had plenty of time to deal with the mill shenanigans before it was too late to complete the ritual. It's a very lot. There's a lot of stuff going on in just this very short amount of time. I, I know, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, the reindeer, who now stood almost a foot beneath me, smiled. Oh, you foolish. Oh, the foolish confidence of the son charged with the burden of the father. He bellowed his voice deep impressive and impressive. I looked down at him, our eyes locking. What did you say? The deer began to paw the ground, shifting right and left. He looked like a child doing the pee-pee dance. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look at me, he said in a mocking tone. Oh, look at me. <laughs> I'm Calvin, and I'm an orphan. I'm My Calvin. daddy entrusted me with our family's <laughs> sacred duty, but he said duty, but <laughs> I'm scared. The reindeer shook his head dramatically with each word. If only daddy was here to help me kill these people. Oh. Holly's anger flattered on, flattered on her. Holly's anger. I cannot read today. Holly's anger faltered on her face. She was confused as well. This behavior apparently was not what the mills expected from their god. What the? Mateus stood, his face twisted in confusion. Get the fuck off of me, lady. The reindeer bucked and Holly fell to the ground with a painful thud. Mateus reached out and quickly pulled her towards him. His daughters were now cowering at his sides. All malice and power gone from their faces, replaced with utter confusion. How do you like it, fucking assholes? Again, I'm sorry for all the F-bombs. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> the reindeer continued. Luckily for little Calvin, the mills are too dumb to know that the witching hour isn't midnight. Little Calvin still has hours to kill all of them and burn their black little hearts into in a fire born of coal and pine. What? He stepped his dance. So, what? Do you have a question? No, it just... um. Wasn't expecting this turn oh, yeah. of events. Yeah. The family messed up. Yeah. They didn't know what time it was supposed to be at. Oh, is this their first time? I guess. Like, amateurs. 
How embarrassing for them. <laughs> he stopped his dance, his face becoming stern again. You must have been thrilled when you were brought into the woods. No fake Christmas for Florida boy. Oh, no. No mail order pine needles and coal for daddy's little boy. No, you thought coming up north was the right thing to do. Not like daddy made you live somewhere where it didn't snow for a reason. I sped at the ground and looked at the mills. This is it fucking Santa Claus, you dim fucks. I'm so sorry. Obviously. <laughs> the reindeer took a step towards me. Do you believe in fate, Calvin? I looked down at him. How did you find me? How how are you even mortal? He leaned forward, his dead animal lips hovering by my face. I followed you, Calvin. I could smell your hunter scent in the snow when I followed it. He stepped back and looked up at me, smirking. I found the same idiots I knew you would. A little early Christmas gift just for you. His long tongue stretched out towards me. I Ew. flinched as the dry, leathery skin touched my face, Ew. caressing me. I It smelt like... It smelt of dried fish and dirt. Ew. How were you able to become corporal? I asked, shooting his tongue away from me. It fell lifeless, hanging in front of him <laughs> uselessly, like a, like, like a dog's tongue, <laughs> like an old dog's tongue that just hangs out the yeah. mouth dry. <laughs> Um, he turned his head to look at the Mills family who stood behind him, mouths agape. Juniper's mascara ran as she cried, confused at the scene in front of her. My mind shot back to Mateus, gun, Mateus's gun rack, his hunting trophies on the wall. Oh God, he made this vessel for you? Fucking sick man. The reindeer shrugged, or at least he lifted his shoulders in what could be interpreted as a shrug. <laughs> so what now? I asked. Are you going to kill me? Not tonight, Calvin. He winked. I looked down at my watch. One fifteen. I still have two hours to perform the ritual. There was a hiss around me like sand flowing. I looked up to see a pile of black where the Mills family had been standing oh. seconds before. The reindeer swung his face around as if in astonishment. Oh my, where did those rascals get to? He stomped around in mocking confusion, the bare bones he stood on audibly snapping with the weight. Well, he looked back at me. Good luck trying to find new sacrifices in the middle of bumfuck wherever state this is. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> he turned away from me and leapt into the snow. He bounded deeper into the woods, his legs spasming in front of him as if he didn't have the right number of knees. See you next Christmas Eve, motherfucker, he said over his shoulder as he disappeared from sight. And now, because of the idiocy of one family, my legacy has died. For the first time in 200 years, my bloodline has failed in our sacred duty. And for that, I apologize. I failed you. There were so many signs, so many red flags I should have known. So there's a warning. The last thing I can offer you in my father's name. This Christmas Eve, make sure to lock your doors and your windows. Leave your shoes outside and stay bundled in your bed. Because this year, Krampus is back. Oh. He was Krampus. I figured it was Krampus the way that you were describing mm -hmm. it. Um, it definitely was Calvin different. was Krampus. Oh, Calvin's mm -hmm. Krampus. Yeah, the reindeer screwed him over. I don't know who the reindeer was. I, I, so, I'm going to have to look it up and see if there's okay. another like thing. But the reindeer screwed him over and... Made him Krampus. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> he was already Krampus. But yeah. So he was keeping himself from being Krampus. Like the 
He was disguised as a human. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) That was good. I think that's what I got from it. Yeah. That was very well written. It was shorter today. Yeah, it was. Thank you. A lot shorter. That's okay. Because that was very good. I like that. That was not how I was expecting it to be. I know. Whenever I was reading it, I was like, what? And I kept on, what? What? It was, uh, that's why I was like very confused. I was like, what the heck? Where did the family go though? <laughs> he, I don't know. I don't know if they died or he just like set them free or what? Or maybe because that's their God. Like he was their God. So like maybe he like did him a favor and was like, peace out. Or maybe because they didn't sacrifice. Maybe they lost. They died. Probably. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll never know. Thank you. That was beautiful. We'll never know because it wasn't a true story. Oh, that's true. <laughs> um, do you have a? Story I do have a story for you, but for me, Did I, you, remember, you remembered. I remembered. So, oh, and yes. Uh, first, there's something that I need to figure out what to do when I leave my work. Sometimes I'm by myself. Oh yes. So, um, and there's a lot of transients. Like yesterday I was leaving and there was a lady tweaking out and I was like, oh my gosh, please don't steal my work keys. Cause I carry my key card with me to get me into the office. And then I also carry the office keys because I have to unlock them. And I was like, oh my gosh, please don't like, I guess like some, a fear about my job is like people wanting to come in and get our files and ruin stuff yeah so because we put people in jail yeah so uh that fear like overcame me yesterday overcame me yes came over over overcame me overcame me that's weird that it doesn't sound right um but it overcame me and uh i was like i need to get some sort of protection not a gun I don't, I don't know if you can carry that in your office because you work for. Uh, I mean, if I'm a, I was thinking more of like a taser, like a taser or yeah. something like that. Because I something I, I have a work bag, and I was like, I could just leave it in my work bag. Like I need something, anyways. So, if you guys have ideas, like or like a good company that you buy from, let me know. I don't want to buy from Damsel in Defense. Because I've used them before and their stuff goes bad. So if you always have have your keys out. Well, I always have my keys out. But there's another thing is I start my car. I have to walk two blocks, start my car, and then walk back because it's out in the snow. Right. And so my car is just like sitting there unlocked like anyone could steal it. Right. So and I'm downtown. It sucks. But if anyone has ideas of, like, a good company to buy, like, security stuff, like a taser or, like, a little the, the um, little thing that you put on your key ring or whatever, let me know. I think you know. should do something for your keys and a taser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm open to multiple Always have things. backup. Yeah. So if anyone has anything like that, let me know because I'm going to ask my husband that for Christmas since I just got his Christmas present. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's but scary. 
it, it is scary. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, if they see me coming out of this office, like. It's a can... high place to get kidnapped, too, and, like, just things to happen. Yeah, like, it's a high downtown. crime rate here. Yeah, yeah. Very high. Yeah. So Sorry. just let me know. I know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're like, I've read about a lot of it. I know. <laughs> just this week. <laughs> Um, so anyways, let us know in the Facebook group or message me or whatever. Um, I'm open to any ideas. And speaking of Christmas presents, uh, to follow us, uh, we are on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, and Facebook. We also have a Facebook group that's, and on there you can join and become part of the neighborhood. Just search for our handle at WWTN Podcast. You can to subscribe to the show on our website, whatswiththeneighbors.com, where you can find all of what I just mentioned along with our merch available to purchase. And on there you can also find a link to our Patreon and be on the donor bus. That's at patreon.com forward slash WWTN podcast. For $5 a month, you can get our unedited video episodes early and exclusive content. For $3 a month, you can get our audio episodes early, exclusive content, and other, and both tiers offer a free WWTN magnet when you sign up. Feel free to slide into our DMs with any questions, comments, or story suggestions. We are always accepting your personal true crime, paranormal, and neighborhood stories for our occasional listener story episodes. You can send in any of that to wwtnpodcast at gmail.com. So, do you want to hear my story? You bet your bottom dollar. I got a dollar. So, around 4 p.m., on November 24th, a man calling himself Dan Cooper entered the Portland. What? Continue. Okay. Dan Cooper entered the Portland International Airport and purchased a one way ticket to Seattle Tacoma Airport for $20. What? Continue. Okay. I'm very excited about this story. Okay. I, I think it, I'm very excited about this story. Okay. He was assigned. I'm very excited. Sorry. Are you excited? <laughs> I'm so excited about this story. He was Did you ass- watch the Netflix on it? No. There's a whole entire series about it. What the heck? A true, like, is, is this D.B. Cooper? Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole series about it. What? Yeah. It came out like a couple months ago. I haven't seen it. It has a lot of information in it. Oh, shoot. I it's- hope. Oh, it's good. You're good. Okay. You're good. I didn't finish it yet. I'm only like the first episode in, but like I, cause I had listened to like multiple podcasts on this. Cause I, yeah. my mom's talked about it before. Oh, my mom really? lived in Washington and oh. it was like not in Washington, but you know, right, 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 right. close yeah. in the area. Anyway, I'm sorry. Your continue. mom's in the area of Washington. She was near Oregon. Oh, when it happened. Yeah. I gotcha. Okay. He was assigned an aisle seat. 18 C for a four thirty. 5 p.m. flight. The plane carried 36 passengers that day, not including the pilot, Captain William Scott, the first officer, Bob Ratachak, the flight engineer, H.E. Henderson, and two flight attendants, Tina McLow and Florence Schaffner. And mind you, I did, I like got maybe like five websites of information so if i'm wrong i'm wrong so dan had no accent he was a middle-aged 
white male with a slick dark suit and tie. He was incredibly handsome, according to other passengers. Like, (laughs) other passengers wouldn't stop talking about him. The news says he's incredibly handsome, so he is incredibly handsome. He's incredibly (laughs) handsome. As striking as his appearance was, he didn't bring any attention boarding the flight. After takeoff, Dan handed Florence, the flight attendant, a note. At the time, men traveling alone commonly would slip the flight attendant's notes and their numbers. So she just put it in her pocket. And was <laughs> She's like, like, perf. Yeah, basically. <laughs> She's like, thanks. And just didn't look at it. And the next time she passed him, which is crazy because, like, how much are they up there, like, walking back and forth? Seattle to uh, Portland is maybe a 30-minute 30, 30 yeah. flight. It's yeah. su- super short. Wait, the flight was Seattle to Portland? Well, it was Portland to Seattle. Jeez, that is really short. It's super Not short. Not even. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Because, yeah. Because driving like, is about three hours. The total from them to take off to land yeah. is 30 minutes. <laughs> we just drive it. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're, like, a business person and you, like, need to be somewhere, like, a nurse or something that's a traveling nurse. I guess. But, jeez, it's such a short flight. It's, it's, it's so cheap. maybe, like, a two-hour flight. Jeez. Yeah. Or uh, drive. Two-hour drive, yeah. yeah. Maybe three. So, yeah. Uh, so, she just put it in her pocket and ignored him. The next time she passed, Dan motioned for her to come closer. He told her she better read that note. <laughs> And warned that he has a bomb. Oh, okay. Nodding towards his suitcase. Florence then went to the gallery to read Not the note. nodding towards his pants. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Florence... pretty lady. I've got a bomb <laughs> in got here. A, I got a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, good lord. <laughs> so, uh... Florence then went to the gallery to read the note. She showed it to the other flight attendants, and together they hurried to the cockpit to show the pilot. After he read the note, the or after he, the pilot, read the note, the pilot immediately contacted air traffic control. They turned, uh, they in turn placed an urgent call to the airplane president Donald Nyrup, who said they should comply with Dan's commands. They're like. Yeah, they're they're in the air. Yeah, they're with in the a bunch air people, with thirty, and there's a bomb. Yeah, thirty five <laughs> other passengers. So they're like, just give him whatever he wants. If he wants an extra like drink, give him an extra drink for free. It's fine. Like, give him the, the peanuts. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just like thinking of like a Karen. Like, what was the flight attendant's name? Florence. Florence. Yeah. So she's like, mm, DB. Do you want another bourbon? Florence, just go out with him. Just go out with him. That's what he wants, basically. (laughs) Doubtless, Donald wanted to avoid any negative publicity that, uh, you know, anything would happen, like any disaster that's happening. Of course. So he was just like, give him whatever he needs, like, so that everyone knows the media, a.k.a., will know that we complied. Dan instructed the flight attendant to return the note. He's like, give me that note back. Did you check yes or no? (laughs) you like me do you like me (laughs) um because of this the exact wording of his note is actually unknown because she never gave it she had to give it back oh wait so they didn't they didn't even oh he took it back i see i see yeah yeah i see like i want it back did you check yes or no 
Okay. Never mind. Uh, Florence recalls that the handwritten ink note demanded $200,000 in cash and two seats or two sets of parachutes. Cooper wanted these items delivered on arrival at the Seattle Tacoma airport and claimed that if they didn't comply with these demands, he would blow up the plane. Why do you want two parachutes? Never mind. Um, I would assume because if one was, if he only asked for one, they could like cut it. Oh, okay. So okay. he would die. Okay. So two. Right. Yeah. Maybe he has a chance. Yeah. So uh, he would, everyone who read the note agreed that, that it contained the phrase, no funny business. Okay. Do you like me or not? (laughs) (laughs) Yes or no. Yes or no. Dan moved next to the window so that when Florence returned, she sat in his aisle seat. Oh. He's like, come sit next to me. Oh, he made her sit next to him. Yeah. How terrifying, though. Maybe she liked it. Maybe. Maybe maybe she was like. She's like, yeah, my day's been boring. Dan, I love you. He's a handsome man. He's a handsome man. Little city slicker. I don't know. I don't even know what that is. A city slicker? Yeah. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. A city slicker, like, I don't go out in the woods. Oh, okay. Well, I am only in the city. Then maybe, yeah, that that would that would work because he was wearing like a business out yeah. attire and like looking super Ew, fancy. I don't like that. That is disgusting. Or like a James Bond type yes. of guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so sh- when after she sat in the aisle seat, he opened his suitcase wide enough for her to get a glimpse of wires and two cylinders potentially dynamite sticks he then directed her to return to the cockpit and tell the pilot to stay in the air until the money and parachutes were ready after receiving the message the pilot announced over the intercom that the jet would circle before landing due to mechanical problems he was like all right everyone um we have mechanical problems so we have to stay in the air because that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, let's not land and go get it fixed. <laughs> it's cool. Everyone's like, oh, cool. One of the flight, one of the jets isn't working? Great. Cool. We'll just stay in the air for that. Cool. That's great. <laughs> um, most of the passengers actually didn't even know about the hijacking. Oh, wow. So, like, discreet and calm. Yeah. Everything wow. was very calm. Everybody's like, made- we're going to die. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would not be the person to be on this flight. I would not want to be. I, I would not want to be working. Yeah. I'd be like, uh, say your goodbyes. Yeah. We're probably going to die. You're probably going to die. Um, <laughs> Actually, I'm going to jump out with Dan. Cause... I'd be like looking at everything and just crying. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is the last peanut I'm going to eat. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> um, Dan was very precise about his demands for money. He wanted the $200,000 in $20 bills, which would weigh around 21 pounds. If smaller bills were used, then he might be too heavy for the parachute. That's smart. And then larger bills would actually weigh less, which could be more difficult to pass okay i don't know what that means difficult to pass i would assume like um 
when you go to use it like they they check yeah. for fraudulent yeah so that's what i would think too yeah that's really smart yeah he planned that ahead good job J- yeah. dj cooper or dan cooper db I mean. cooper yeah he even specified that he wanted the bills with this with serial, serial numbers to be not the same that he wanted them to be all randomized um, oh, okay. That's really random. But the FBI did make sure to make sure uh, that all the serial numbers began with the co- the code letter L, so that you know that at least somehow they could help track it. Track find it, it. Yeah. yeah, some kind of clue. Yeah, uh, acquiring the parachutes was actually a lot harder than they expected because uh, the Tacoma McCords McChords. Air Force McCords Air Force Base offered to provide the parachutes, but Cooper's like, no, I want civilian ones. So they're like, okay. So they tracked down a, 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 what is it, a, a skydiving school. Okay. And they're like, hey, it was closed, but they finally got a hold of the owner, and they're like, can we, can we have two, can we have two parachutes? And the guy's like, no. And they're like. Listen, can we have two parachutes? There are 36 people's lives in danger. Yeah, and he's like, I guess you can buy some. That sucks. They had to. <laughs> he sold them four parachutes. Oh. <laughs> like, could you imagine? I'd be so mad. I'd be like, just give it to us for free. You're saving people's lives. If I was his wife and he'd be like, yeah, like the FBI came by and they bought four parachutes for me today. Yeah, I guess there was like a plane hijacking. I'd be like, "Are you freaking kidding me? You so you are so cheap. Give it to them. You're such a cheap, cheap, cheap." <laughs> you're gonna go back down there and you're going to refund them their money right now <laughs> and get them coupons and get them coupons. <laughs> um, so Cooper's hijacking note did not go, not directly explain his plan. To skydive from the plane, but he demanded l- his demands to let off op- officials to that obsession, 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 um, uh, assumption. So Cooper's note didn't say, "Hey, I'm going to jump out of the plane," but because he asked for parachutes, right. they're like, "He's probably going to. You're jump probably going to jump." Yeah. So uh since he had asked for extra par- an extra parachute they assumed he planned to take a passenger or crew member with him as an airborne hostage okay and they thought about using dummy parachutes for the exchange with cooper but they couldn't risk the life of that civilian right that's so, smart okay yeah um, at 5.24 p.m., the ground team had the cash and parachutes, so they radioed Captain Scott and told him they were ready for his arrival. Cooper o- ordered that they taxi to a remote well-lit area after they landed. He had the cabin lit dimmed and ordered that no vehicle should appro- approach the plane. He also ordered that the person who brings the cash and parachutes come unaccompanied. Okay. Go by yourself. So they're, like, asked, like, the one guy that like does bad baggage claim they're like hey smith get over here <laughs> and he's like what i work for five dollars and 25 cents an hour they're like all right so you see that plane over there yeah just go bring this over there and he's like no i don't want to and they're like go or you're fired and he's like damn it <laughs> he like sign he, up for this today he like throws his head down like that like Ugh. 
<coughs> walks with his arms like all like yeah. loose like a toddler or like a kid throwing a tantrum. Freaking wanted to co- call in. Should have called out today. Should have called out. <laughs> I was so high this morning. <laughs> so a uh, Northwest... Airline employee drove a company vehicle near the plane. Dan ordered the flight attendant Tina McClow to lower the stairs. The employee carried two parachutes at the time to the stairs and handed them over to McClow. Then the employee brought the cash over in a large bank bag. Once the demands were met, Cooper released the 36 passengers. And the flight attendant, Florence Schaffner, she was like, can I stay? And he's she like, wanted to? No. Oh. <laughs> She's like, so I said yes. <laughs> and he's like, no. Get, get off. No, no, and no. no. There's he, not enough money for yeah. you here. You didn't. Sorry, Florence. Yeah, sorry, Florence. Um, actually, I love you out. so much you have to go. I'm in love with you so, so much beautiful. you must go. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So... He had he did not release the other flight attendant Tina Mucklow because he was actually begging her or the three <laughs> Tina. <laughs> so uh, he did not release the other flight attendant Tina Mucklow or the three men in the cockpit. An FFA official contacted the captain and asked Dan for permission to come aboard the jet, and the official apparently wanted to warn him of the dangers and consequences of air piracy they're like did you know it's illegal to (laughs) hijack a plane and he's like what no oh my gosh i thought it was allowed i thought this was cool i thought you guys were fine with this yeah like giving the note and everything it's fine yeah like no one said anything (laughs) oh my gosh um dan denied his request obviously dan had tina and the other flight attendants read over the instruction cards for operation of the aircraft or the aft stairs okay and uh, when he questioned her about them, she said she didn't think they could be lowered during flight. He said she was wrong. It's like, why did you have me read you the instructions? Yeah, and right. I already knew about it. Okay. And how do you know that? Yeah. So Dan had chosen this flight not only for location, but because of the type of jet that was used. He knew a lot about the Boeing 727. And Dan ordered the pilot to remain below an altitude of 10,000 feet and to keep the airspeed below 150 knots. Dang. Yeah. Like, so so specific. He must know something. Yeah. An experienced skydiver would easily be able to dive at 150 knots. The jet was lightweight and would have no problem flying at such a slow speed through the dense air at 10,000 feet. So you must, like, really know that. Yeah. Dan told the crew that he wanted to go to Mexico City. The pilot explained that the at that al- altitude and airspeed he airspeed that he wanted to travel, the jet would not be able to travel more than a thousand miles, even with fifty-two thousand gallons of fuel. With this in mind, they agreed to make a mid-stop to refuel in Reno, Nevada. Uh, before leaving Seattle, Dan ordered the jet to be refueled. He's like, "All right, fill it up." And he knew that the Boeing 727 could take in 4,000 gallons of fuel a minute. So after 15 minutes, they weren't done refueling. Dan demanded an explanation. The fuel fuel crew explained that the fuel truck they brought over 
didn't have a whole lot in it. Oh my so, gosh. You guys. <laughs> so <laughs> you know the characters in Monsters Inc., the the two dorky <laughs> guys, <laughs> the the janitor I'm sorry. crew. I'm sorry, I thought you had it. <laughs> They're gonna move the focus. <laughs> that's what I think of. <laughs> um so they brought in another fuel truck which still didn't have enough fuel, so Dan did, decided just to leave. <laughs> guys, who is not doing their job? <laughs> That this makes me wonder why it takes so damn long to freaking taxi or whatever at the airport. Like, really? Come on, guys. Come on. Now we know the truth. Uh, Captain Scott and Dan nego- negotiated a low altitude route. Uh, called Vector 32. This route allowed the jet to fly safely west of the mountains, even at a low altitude that Dan demanded. Dan also directed the captain to depressurize the cabin. He also knew that a person can breathe normal at 10,000 feet and that if the cabin had equalized pressure inside and out, there wouldn't be a violent gust of wind when the AFT stairs were lowered. Oh my gosh. It's so crazy. He literally thought all of this. Yeah. Uh, after all the flight details were figured out, the plane took off at 7.46 p.m. After takeoff, Dan ordered the flight attendant that the rest of the crew to stay in the cockpit. Right before closing the cockpit door, the flight attendant made one last glance at Dan. Tina? S- yeah. Uh, she made one last glance at Dan and she saw him tie something, she doesn't know what, around his waist. She was like just want to take one more peek of this handsome man before I close the door. (laughs) James Bond. My James Bond. Uh, uh, There was no peephole in the cockpit doors or remote cameras installed at the time, so the crew had no idea what Dan was doing back there. At 8 p.m., a red light gave warning that the door was opened. Scott asked Dan over the intercom if there was anything they could do for him. Hey, James Bond, Psh, uh, is there anything we can do for you? Do you want another ver- bourbon? Would no? you like okay. more refreshments? <laughs> no. Uh, he replied with an angry, no. <laughs> that was the last word anyone ever heard of Dan Cooper. At 8.24 p.m., the jet took a quick nose dip first, followed by a corrected dip in the tail end. Scott made sure to note the spot where the dip took place and which was 25 miles north of Portland, near the Lewis River. Yeah. The crew assumed that the AFT stairs had been lowered and that Dan had jumped. However, they didn't make confirmation of their assumption because they didn't want to disobey his orders to stay in the cockpit. So they're like, I think he left. Should we check? No, you check. No, you check. He's going to yell at us again. He's going to yell at us. (laughs) So at 10.15 p.m., the jet landed in Reno, Nevada. Scott spoke over the intercom, and after receiving no response, he opened the cockpit door. The cabin was empty. Cooper, along with the money and all of his belongings, were gone. The only item left was the second parachute. No one ever heard from Cooper again. All investigations failed to prove prove whether or not he survived his fateful jump. During the hijacking, the police attempted to follow the plane and wait for someone to jump. While they originally used an F-106 fighter jets, 
These planes were built to go high, go up high speeds to uh, 1,500 miles per hour, per hour, provided to be useless at low speeds. So they were like, yeah, like they didn't even see the flight. Yeah, they were going too fast. They were going too fast. So they're like, are you following it? Yeah, I think so. Why would you guys use fighter? Like he's not like low. Like, yeah, yeah. No sense. Yeah. So they were like, oh, I just we just mentioned that Uh, the police then co-op the National Air National Guard Lockheed. I bet someone. The person who was in charge of those jets coming out, someone was waiting for the opportunity, any kind of opportunity to ra- to arose to like That's tell true. the guys like, go get them, and like they finally get to bring their big old bad jets out. And, yeah, like, actually, it's use to them go for get like things. one person in a parachute. Like, no, no, you don't bring fighter jets to that. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we should bring the big guys out, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think it's. I think it's. Uh, it's worth it, man. You bring a, you bring a fighter jet to like a dog fight, but that was like a mouse fight. <laughs> <laughs> so the police then co-opt the Air National Guard Lockheed T thirty three, but before they were able to catch up to the hijacked plane, Cooper had already jumped. I don't know what that is either, so don't ask. Wait, what Lockheed? Yeah, that's a airplane. Okay, company, but they uh. Uh, their T20, T33. Oh, okay. Uh, but by the time they were like, oh, wait, these fighter jets are going too fast. <laughs> the other plane, like, didn't have time to catch up. I see, I see. Yeah. Okay, okay. So the weather that night was super rainy, which prevented the police from searching the grounds until the next day. That Thanksgiving... I did not choose this story because it was Thanksgiving. I just it just happened to land on Thanksgiving. <laughs> but um yeah, I was listening to a podcast and I was like, oh, this is a good story. So uh the weather th- oh, I just said that. Uh that Thanksgiving and for several weeks afterwards, the police performed an extensive search that failed to turn up any trace of the hijacker hijacker or the p- parachute. The police began searching criminal records for the name Dan Cooper, just in case a hijacker would use his real name. Yeah, right. (laughs) One of the early results, one of their early results, however, would prove to have a lasting impact on the case. A police record for an uh, Oregon man uh, named D.B. Cooper was discovered and considered a possible suspect, although he was quickly cleared by the police an eager and careless member of the press accidentally com- confused that man's name with Dan Cooper, which dubbed Dan Why, Cooper his name is D. B. Cooper with DB Cooper. Okay. Yeah. So then on February 10th, 1980, an eight year old boy found bundles of $20 bills with serial numbers matching the ones from the Cooper stash in the Columbia River. Oh. Some people believe this evidence helps support that the theory that Dan didn't survive. This discovery of these bundles led to new searches around the area. However, an eruption of Mount St. Helens on May 18, 1980 destroyed any other evidence right. that might be around there. My mom talks about that all the time. Does she? Yeah, she says it's like snowing there. Oh, that's fun yeah. for them. <laughs> it's cool. Someone died on the mountain. That's not cool. That yeah, but he no. refused to leave his home. They knew it was going to erupt, and he was like, "No, nah, I've lived here my whole life. I'm not leaving." And he died. There. Oh, that's really sad. I know, but also like, why? 
just go. That's just an excuse to die at that yeah. point. Like, Dare take me from my lazy boy. Like literally no one is trying to take it from yeah. you. Like yeah. the We're mother just trying to save your life. Yeah, Mother Earth is not going to forgive yeah. you. We're not they're they're not changing their plans. Yeah. So. <laughs> we can't reschedule. Like, oh no, this man refuses to leave his home. I guess I'll go melt Can we somewhere else. Try some some other day. <laughs> How's Tuesday in 2025? <laughs> so many also have confessed to being Dan Cooper. The FBI has has quietly con- ex- um the FBI has quietly explained some of these cases but has yet to turn up anything useful. Examine the FBI has quietly examined these cases but nothing no evidence actually came up from these claims. Um, they check the fingerprints of those who confess against the unknown prints collected from the hijacked plane. So far, none of them have been a match. Okay. In August of 2020 or August of 2011, Marla Cooper made claims that Dan Cooper was her uncle L.D. Cooper. Marla claimed that she overheard a conversation saying that their money problems were over and that they had hijacked a plane. She also explained that no money was ever recovered since her uncle lost it while he was jumping. That would suck. That would suck. Like you like jump out of the plane and trouble and it like falls out of your pocket. That sucks. That'd be that's so embarrassing. Like you planned for everything, but that happens. But also, <laughs> like, don't steal, don't hijack a plane. I mean, it was legal. <laughs> oh wait it wasn't that's right that's right no one told him <laughs> um that would just like he's like oh no like as it's falling uh, he's like, <laughs> he's like no. my life is pointless <laughs> uh although many people have identified dan cooper as one of their long lost relatives marla cooper's claims seem to come closest to the truth one of the flight attendants on that flight even identified L.D. Cooper as looking as handsome as the hijacker. Well, if he's handsome. The, this theory, however, is still not one of the, the, the authorities are like, nah. It's not one of the top ones. Yeah. In July 2016, the FBI Jeez. officially announced that they would no longer be actively looking for resources and um, investigating this investigation they did not mean that they had solved the case of the cooper's identity though the leading theory by the investigator is that cooper did not in fact survive his jump so they're like he's dead yeah although his extensive knowledge of the plane systems initially led police to believe that he was a professional skydiver they have since since concluded that a jump in such weather conditions over with the outfit he was wearing, because he was in a handsome business suit. Right, yeah. Uh, with a ruthless patch of Washington wilderness in the middle of winter was a risk no expert would be in- stupid enough to take. The fact that the bag of matching ransom money was found left in the stream further supports that the theory that he did not survive. Unless he had someone waiting for him oh, at a drop point. I never thought of that, Bree. The real name of America's most famous hijacker 
remains a mystery. I'm pretty sure that's not the most famous one anymore, though. What? The most famous uh, plane hijacker. Well, I don't know. I mean, I feel like he's pretty famous. I mean, I don't know. I think, like, the 9-11 hijackers are kind of up there. They're pieces of garbage. Yeah. And that's the story. Of D.B. Cooper. Of D.B. Cooper. That was good. Thank you. Do you want this? Yes, actually. Found garbage, not mine. Oh, Bri, will you read a neighborhood story? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Found garbage, not mine, in our trash can. Good morning. I hope everyone is well. I went to throw some trash today throw some trash today and as i open our trash can outside i find wait didn't you just read this one no okay as i open our trash can outside i find garbage that is not ours at all broken blinds boxes of snacks and candy big boxes of juice and big boxes of juice everything was just thrown all over and that is not right I was so disappointed because no one has the right to throw anything in our trash can without our permission. I am disappointed because I don't know what they will throw in there next, and I have the right to be afraid. <laughs> Anyways, I don't want to make this long It as it's long. <laughs> I will be putting up cameras to see who is doing this. I have an idea who's done it almost 90% sure. If it turns out to be you, then I will be calling the police, and I hope you are reading this. I hate to be like this just before Christmas, but I'm very disappointed. Always have a wonderful Monday, and happy holidays. (laughs) I don't want this to be long, but I'm going to make it 15 pages long. (laughs) I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed in you. And I know who it is, and I hope you're reading it. But I'm not going to be like a grown-up and actually confront you and be like, yo, you're throwing trash in my trash can. Can you stop? Can you please stop? Like, make up a lie and say, I have no room for my trash. Can you please stop? Or your trash is stabbing holes inside my trash. What? How about just... making a mess. Like, go put your stuff in their trash can. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, do you need another trash can? Because... Yeah, that's another... Here's a link to go buy one. Here, you know what? (laughs) You could be passive-aggressive. Just drag your trash can over to their their yard, yeah, and be like, "I thought you needed this." Yeah, there or you go. or just be an adult and go confront them. Go confront and them. Get over it. Good lord, <laughs> people are so crazy out there. It's great. Happy happy holidays. Happy holidays. Disappointed. So disappointed. We're gonna get. Yep. Peace um, out. Bye. Girl and Boy Scouts and all of you. What's with the neighbors? Holiday cheer, elves. I don't know. I'm still talking. Say hi to your cats for us. At least I've had meow. At least.